It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into A to D Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. And also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. Seeing them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. The Aura app, keeping you safe online and get a two-week free trial with our sponsor and our link, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations in Middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Columbia, and Franklin. Their website, check it out, krebskubota.com. So, Zach, yesterday we discussed a lot about uh, the Titans' failures uh, in Indianapolis, losing uh, to the Colts 23 to 16. That's four scoring drives, which you would think four scoring drives should be enough for the Titans to win uh, with the defense that they have, but it wasn't because those four scoring drives were one touchdown and three field goals. And uh, I thought this was an interesting stat, Zach. You kind of brought this up to me. I guess it was Monday afternoon. Easton Freeze had the stat the Titans have 72 points scored this season. 36 of them by touchdown, 36 of them by Nick Folk's leg, you know, with a bunch of field goals and six extra points. So, I mean, it's been a lot, a lot of Nick Folk kicking field goals and not scoring touchdowns, especially on the road. And I think, um, you know, the Titans definitely have some red zone problems, but, you know, there was a big shining light and positive light in the Titans loss to the Colts, and it was the fact that DeAndre Hopkins had his big breakout game with the Titans. He had 140 yards receiving on eight catches and 11 targets, made some big plays, and I think it was really good to see DeAndre Hopkins break out like that. And we'll just go to Mike Vrabel uh, on DeHop's big day. Hopkins, uh, that drive coming out of the uh, halftime, you know, it kind of took over that drive. How do you like the way he's just kind of getting settled in as, as one of the major guys in the offense? Well, he, he has to be, and he knows that, and, and the connection that he has with the quarterback and his ability to find seams in the defense and whether it's to settle down or uncover, uh, you know, run through his own. Ryan gave him a good ball or his ability to adjust to, to a pass, his body control. So, you know, I, I know up until yesterday, he, I, he had obviously would have wanted more production, but I've mentioned before, every time we've needed a – a play on third down, he's been there, uh, or a play at the end of the Chargers game, you know, made a huge play. So yesterday it was great to see him, you know, have have some, you know, production. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, his production, 140 yards on eight catches, 17 and a half uh, yards per catch. And 
Uh, Zach, he's on pace for over 1,200 yards receiving, which hasn't been done in a long time. Not even A.J. Brown was able to get surpassed 1,200 yards receiving in a season. But the Titans are 2-3, and three, and they wish they'd have you know three wins and two losses uh, rather than DeAndre Hopkins being on pace for 1,200 yards. Well, it does go back to my preseason bet, and I needed to check this real quick, which I, I, I was kind of – I thought it could happen, and it had plus – it was big plus money. But I put – um, let's see, $36.48 that Ryan Tannehill would have 4,000 yards passing and DeAndre Hopkins would have 1,000 yards receiving. Now, 1,000 yards is looking pretty good. Uh, yes, plus 1,300. Oh, okay. To win 510, I could win 500 bucks. Now, Ryan Tannehill's got to get his his act in gear and start throwing the ball a little bit more. Yeah, Tannehill just on pace for 3,500 yards. Here's another question to see if you can answer. Who is the last Titan in a regular season football game to go over 140 yards in what game? Wait, receiving? Yes. Last Titan over 140? Because that's a pretty high number for a Tennessee It is a Titan high number. For, yeah, it's like the Canadian dollar, right? <laughs> it's a, the Titan Up podcast joke about Titans receiving yards. I'm filibustering to buy myself some time. Um, I, yeah, it had to have been... Was it not A.J. Brown? A.J. had some big games. I mean, in what game, too? Yeah, are, are you cheating or are you No, guessing? I'm not cheating. I'm not. I'm I'm, think, I'm asking you. So there's two questions, right? It's the player and then what game? Yes. I mean, I think A.J. Brown did it probably a couple times. I don't think he did it against the Bengals in the playoff game. I know against the Niners on Thursday Night Football, he had a bunch of yards, but I don't think it was that game either. I mean, he had, I know he had a ton of yards against the – Oakland Raiders at the at the point, but that was in 2019. So I, I honestly have no idea. So AJ Brown did it twice in 2021. The last game was the 49ers, where he had yeah. a buck 45 on that Thursday night. Yeah, and and that was an impressive performance. Helped the Titans come back and win 20 to 17. The Titans are a 20 to 7 football team. They won 20 to 7 that day. He also did it that same year against the Indianapolis Colts and had a buck 55 earlier in that. I remember season. that that's, he caught an out route on the sideline and, and went the whole way after breaking a tackle. I remember that one. I remember so that. Nobody visually. will replace AJ Brown. We're not trying to say that that was a bad trade by John. Robinson. Make me that do go fly Eagles fly again. Second show in a row. What's the, what's the, but here? what I'm saying is, is that Deandre Hopkins, they, they got DeAndre Hopkins in free agency. They paid him more money than they were willing to pay any other wide receiver, right? They went mm-hmm. the draft route with Traylon Burks, we found out so far. Injury prone, hasn't been able to stay on the field, has had his, his uh, struggles thus far. Doesn't mean that he can't get out of them, but it's early. But DeAndre Hopkins, Austin, as we both can agree, is the clear-cut number one wide receiver. He's the most reliable resource over Derrick Henry to this point, let's just be honest, within this offense, and if the Titans finally get their stuff together and do some things outside of DeAndre Hopkins, like Kyle Phillips, like Chigakonkwo, like uh, Tajay Spears, like Traylon Burks, like Derrick Henry, then maybe this offense can be better than 20-17. to 17. Yeah, and scoring points in the red zone. Because you, you look, DeAndre Hopkins, while he might be on pace for 1,200 yards receiving, zero touchdowns. Now, he's gotten really close, right? He's probably 
a combined six inches away from scoring two touchdowns the last two games. Tannehill barely overthrew him, and D-Hop did say after the game on the reverse pass uh, against the Bengals that the sun in Nissan Stadium had him lose it for a second, which is why he couldn't outstretch for that touchdown, the trick play, on the big play there. And then Derrick Henry uh, running back, trying to throw another touchdown pass in back-to-back weeks, was a hair late getting it out uh, of his hand against the Colts, and D-Hop could not get that second toe in bounds. And so, you know, really close, right? But there you go, kicking field goals. Really close, it means it, it works in hand grenades and Nick Folk kicking field goals. That's the new Titans rule. And so they have to figure out how they can score touchdowns. And honestly, DeAndre Hopkins should be a, a big solution to this problem. And Mike Vrabel was asked specifically about throwing the ball to D hop in the red zone. You taking enough shots at hop in the red zone? Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think the, the coverage dictates that and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to look at that and, and see if, um, you know, those things can, can help us, but we, we certainly want to get him involved and, and need him at all parts of the field. They absolutely need him in all parts of the field. He's reliable. He's got incredible hands. He made some stupid hands catches uh, the last couple of weeks, just showing how strong his paws are. And so Mike Vrabel says, yeah, the coverage dictates some of that. But we all know everybody watching this show watches and loves the, the sport of football. Teams have dudes that you just throw to regardless of the coverage in the red zone to score touchdowns. A.J. Brown was one of them. DeAndre Hopkins has also been one of those guys in the NFL throughout his entire career, yet five games into the year, no touchdown catches from DeAndre Hopkins. And the Titans only have three touchdown passes to one of them from Derrick Henry uh, in the five games anyway. So I think that this offense can take a next step. We joke about, but being dead serious about 2017, they either going to score 17 and lose or 20 and win, but it's going to be a three point game regardless. How do you get to 24? They're not going to get to 27 and 32. They're not going to average that. That That's not this offense. Regardless they're going to average 30.1, which they did in 2020, right? Yeah, they're not going to do that, right? No. So regardless if Traylon Burks comes back and gives them a boost. But what I do think that I think can make them stand out and maybe get to 23 per game instead of their 17.6 average is – and. We've talked about this in years past. This is when Julio, this is a throwback show, bringing up Julio. But one of my frustrations, and I think a lot of Titans fans' frustrations with Julio Jones was when he was wearing a Titans uniform, we didn't know his bucket. The Titans need another red zone bucket. We know traditionally they could, when they don't mess themselves up and line Derrick Henry up at shotgun in fourth and one and hand him the football off, they have a Derrick Henry red zone bucket. Would you agree? Yes. He that, can that's, that's Derrick Henry is the reason why Todd Downing was a terrible offensive coordinator, but had one of the better red zone scoring percentages in the league. <laughs> right. I, I, we could not figure out Julio's bucket when he was a Titan. What yeah. they've got to figure out is what is their second bucket besides Derrick Henry. That's the key. It's basketball. You got two superstar players. Who's the next guy, right? Now you got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now he's passing to Damian Lillard. You know both of those buckets. For the Titans in the red zone, if it is DeAndre Hopkins, they better start throwing him the ball in the red zone. 
If it's not, then they got to find Chig or some alternate. I like the Tajay Spears, and and he was the lone touchdown uh, score of Mm -hmm. Sunday's game. But they got to figure out that alternative bucket in the red zone, and I think then they can get to twenty three points. Let's. I'll take your basketball analogy further because that's what I love doing. Is in twenty twenty, the Titans had three red zone buckets. Derrick Henry was get to the rim and score and get fouled by being aggressive and physical. A.J. Brown was your three-point shooter who could knock down the jump shots. And then you had Jonu Smith. He was your third option in the red zone, who was the postman hitting the short corner jumper that was just money. It's Tim Duncan, right, from the short corner. Sometimes he hits the backboard, banks it in. That's That was a great three-headed, well-rounded, three-headed monster of red zone scoring threats the Titans had in 2020. Now, we're searching for something, right? Because they also haven't had big plays either. I think we go back to the successful Titans offense of the past. There were touchdowns from a bunch of different guys, uh, 40 yards, 50 yards, or even more uh, like AJ, Derek, John, who had some of that potential um, as well. So they're trying They've to have big plays. They all just haven't ended up they in ended scores, right? They, the 70 yard touchdown, uh, 70 yard pass to Burks tackled the five, but they punch it in with Derek Henry being that, uh, that hammer at the end. So yes, it's trying to figure out how can they score touchdowns instead of getting stopped in the red zone and Nick Folk kicking field goals. I want to bring this up because Jay brings up Wiley and look, he had his struggles early on this season, but he caught a key pass late in that game that I didn't think he could catch. Uh, to be honest, can can Wiley be that guy or is it Chig or is it some alternative? That's something that Tim Kelly is going to have to find out for this team to be successful and stop relying on Nick Folk so much. It's great that they traded for a reliable kicker because they didn't have one besides that, that a Vrabel called dad for that one. He, he, we, we need, we need a kicker. I'm going to call, Papa Belichick, and they did that. They got the deal done, and it helped. I I do think that they've got to relieve Nick Folk of some duties because you can't rely and win enough football games just on your kicker alone. No, you still need Nick Folk to make your extra points, and he just hasn't had enough opportunities. And I think Bill Belichick is more like Uncle Bill than he is Papa Bill to, to Vrabel. But anyway, because uh, they were estranged for some time. There, there wasn't, there, you know, your estranged uncle didn't work out for a little bit. Yeah, but, well, but, but, but you could have maybe bad relationships with Pops for a period of time. Yeah, I just don't think. For a little know, bit. I don't think he, he, didn't, he didn't like how you moved away or did, uh, did something else. No, right? he, no, he kicked him out of the house. Belichick kicked Vrabel well, out of the house. go get another job, son. <laughs> <laughs> you can't All work right. in the family business no more. So let's ask this question before we get too deep down that rabbit hole. Who should the Titans' number one weapon be in the red zone? Who should be the Titans' number one weapon in the red zone uh, this season? But, uh, Zach, first tell us about a weapon. You've got your utility bag with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yes, fbhp.com slash A to Z is where uh, I store my weapon when in need, right? So you never know what's going to happen when you're what driving around, you get in a car accident, things can happen. I mean, your health is of high priority for you and your family. That's why I rely on Farm Bureau Health Plans. They have helped me with my health plan for the last couple of years, and I'm really glad that I've signed up. And how I signed up was very easy. I took a quick health assessment. I answered some questions openly and honestly. 
And then 24 to 48 hours later, they gave me a quote with a plan. I looked at the plan. I compared that plan to my old plan. Then I looked at the price. I compared that price to my old price. And it was a no-brainer. I needed to switch. You can do this for you individually or your family. You got a wife and kids. You got a husband and kids. Doesn't matter. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That's Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee. Visit fbhp.com slash A to Z and get your health plan today. Hey, with BetMGM, it's been a fun season so far for me so far with BetMGM, but you can sign up and get going uh, with us using our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports when you sign up for the BetMGM app. And what you do is you go big with your first bet because the first bet offer has just gotten better where you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. So sign up with bonus code ATOZ Sports. Go big with that first bet because it's okay. You either hit it, and that's awesome. If you miss it, no problem because you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets when you sign up with code ATOZ Sports. Visit betinjury.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and other requirements. First online role money with your only rewards issued in all bonus bets. Bonus bets inspires, expire in seven days. And for problem game of sport, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. So, Zach, uh, we got a big super chat I want to get to here in a little bit, but Amnesia, we will get to that because I, I like what you've presented us uh but answering and reading comments from our first question who should be the titans number one weapon in the red zone who should be the titans number one weapon in the red zone zach i'll go ahead and send you to the chat david spear or david brown excuse me says tajay spears curtis says derrick henry d hop from scott d hop from demetrius derrick henry from darius ryan Tannehill from joseph look i want to stop on this comment real quick because okay. Look, hindsight's 2020, but you you look at that fourth and one, and I say it was fourth and two because it was a long fourth and one. And that's I think the other thing, maybe it justified Tim Kelly putting him in the shotgun because it was a longer fourth and one. There's no excuse for that to put your best players seven yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and we all know what happened. And then they ran that to Forrest Buckner. Like, yeah. Uh, that was another thing I looked at yesterday and I forgot to mention. On the fourth and one play, you're running out of shotgun. You're handing the ball off. And it was a straight handoff. It was not a read. That was another thing. That's why I want to bring up Joseph is Ryan Tannehill on multiple seasons has scored multiple rush, rushing touchdowns. He is a threat in the red zone. Now, you got to protect your quarterback. But that was one of those plays. That they just the handed the ball off to Derrick Henry and ran right into the heart of the Colts defense, literally to their best defensive player at the time because Darius Leonard didn't play. DeForest Buckner, this yeah, his chest, and he went crazy because he knew how big the stop was. Yeah, and um, I, I if I were the Titans and I went off on the tush push yesterday and had a super red face when I did it, but I think running behind Daniel Brunskill and not Peter Skaronsky on that one yard is interesting. And how much did, because Vrabel said yesterday, Peter Skaronsky had some rust. And we all know from the appendectomy, he had to gain some weight and strength back. If he was full strength, would you go behind left guard, right? And instead of right guard and where Buckner was lined up. I, I kind of get, you know, it's like the whole thing is like, it, do you want to run at somebody and make them stop you? Or do you want to run away from you and, DeForest Buckner can chase you down. Like I get both things there. It's just a, 
the, the shotgun was the mistake, right? We all, all right, know that. Let's make a prediction, Austin, because you got we got a lot more games to watch for the rest of the season. A yeah. lot more fourth and ones that are going to come up, and Vrabel's going to have to make a decision. Do you think that they will run shotgun handoff to Derrick Henry the rest of the year in that situation? I mean, yeah, they're probably going to. I mean, I don't think they that got, they will. You don't. They got I, twelve games up. I think they will. I think there's going to be one where they will. Yeah. I don't think that they will. I'm talking about fourth and one. I'm talking about. I get it. I'm well, not, not third and one. I'm talking about fourth and one. So they're oh, critical man. moments. But they have like they're going to get into that situation again. So I, I'm I not, think. I mean, do they? Will they run Derrick Henry on fourth and one out of the out shotgun? Of shotgun? Probably not because no. if you yeah because if you're in a. I think that's the lesson learned. That's my yeah. point. They is, and, and Tony says they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. They also like I I don't think they should have gone wildcat because that's clear as day too, right? It's it's as well. Oh, I, I I'm I'm pro wildcat in that situation because no. if you get stopped and Derrick Henry gets stopped, that's fine. But no, he had a full head of steam, he caught the ball, and you know what, Austin? Because they, they were already a little trickery. You can do a lot more things out of the wildcat with Derrick Henry than just run him up the gut. And if I, you want to get cute, you can, but I would be completely content if they just ran 22 right behind left or right, right behind the center to see if he can get a yard. No, the correct answer is go under center with Tannehill and have Henry behind him because uh, now you've either no, got... There is no correct answer. No, right? that's they, the correct they've, answer. They've been successful with the Wildcat in short I, yardage. No, I'm saying formationally, the correct answer on fourth and one is to be under center with Tannehill and Derrick Henry lined up behind him in the eye because you can either do Henry run to either side, you can do quarterback sneak, you can do play action. If you're on the shotgun with Derrick Henry and he's lined up to the left. Austin, they don't QB sneak. That's yes, not an they, option. When was the last time they QB sneaked? Uh, Pre-Ryan Tannehill ankle injuries last year. No, I think they, they've had a quarterback sneak They don't season. do that often. They should. It's so. I, I don't disagree that they should, <laughs> but don't like. They don't do that. I'm my my point though is the correct formation on fourth and one for the Tennessee Titans is Tannehill under center and Derrick Henry in the eye because there's the most options and the the least predictable they could possibly be. Uh, in that spot, you can do so many different things in that spot. The defense I, can't. I actually cheat think on. the the least predictable is Derrick Henry uh, as a passing threat. Because you could, he can throw no, to a lot of people, but everybody is queuing that he's going to run. No, there's no. Mm -mm, I did. I just. All right, let's move on because let's get back to our original uh, question here. So, who should be the Titans' number one weapon in the red zone? We got off on track there on somebody answering Tannehill, which is not a terrible option. Uh, but who should be the number one weapon for the Titans in the red zone? Uh, do you get any more comments you want to get to? I, look, I, I'll, I'll answer it. I think okay. that I wish. Here's my wish. I think I have my answer, but I wish it was DeAndre Hopkins. But I don't think that's how this offense works. And I will give Vrabel credit. Red zone is dictated by the coverage you get at times. And if you get a guy on an island and you get man-to-man -man and you can throw a fade or a back shoulder to DeAndre Hopkins, you can rely on his hands. I just don't think that they get in those situations a lot. So my answer is Derrick Henry because that's the most reliable resource that's the most proven commodity within the red zone. If you're asking me singularly, what is the best option? It is Derrick Henry. And I think that's been proven. It's hard to argue that. I think DeAndre Hopkins would be nice. That would be cool. It's a good wish. I That would be one of my wishes. If, if I was a Titans fan, and I found 
a genie. But I know if you're about to go make a wish or something like that, but uh, I don't want you to be in, I don't want you to be in a make a wish situation. No, I, 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 I look, if I, if I found, you know, the late Robin Williams in genie form and I was a Titans fan, you'd say Deandre Hopkins, red zone touchdowns. Hell you'd say Deandre Hopkins touchdowns. He hadn't scored one. I know it's sitting wide open on our bingo card on every game day. So look, I, I think there's a couple of things you can go with this. I do think the correct answer for who should be the the number one weapon in the red zone is Derrick Henry because you allow him to be the center and everything else can be successful around it. Back to the basketball analogy, it's a lot easier to get open jumpers if LeBron James is driving to the hoop. In a in you in a in a spot where you got to have a basket, you're down whatever, and you got to have points and you need it, you take your best guy straight to the teeth of the defense and you're either going to score or now you can build off of it. And you know, the dish out for the short jumper is the play action pass in the situation because the Tennessee Titans have not scored many touchdowns this season. And if you look, let's just think about it. The touchdowns, the Titans have scored this season. I'm going to list them. Derrick Henry has two of them. So there's two out of the six. Yeah, Tajay Spears has one. That was on a reverse where Derrick Henry got a play-action fake. So there's three. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. So there's four. Then you've got uh, the touch, both touchdowns, the NWI, from Ryan Tannehill have been what? Play-action. So there's six. So Derrick Henry motion, Derrick Henry involvement has resulted in all six Titans touchdowns this season. Directly or indirectly. So that's your answer. The number one weapon is Derrick Henry in the red zone. They just haven't been in the right spots. They've been, they've been, it's situational, right? Like one of my biggest gripes with Todd Downing is that his lack of situational awareness on when to call plays and when not to call plays. Looking back at it, man, it would have been sick if D-Hop would have gotten his second foot down from that pass to Derrick Henry. But should was that the smartest play call on first and 10 from the 16-yard line? Probably not. You probably should have just gained yards there because now you're in second and 10, and now you're setting yourself up for third and passing at the, at the 12. And I, I think that's where the Tennessee Titans have such a thin margin of error where every play call you have to kind of have in the back of your head is, if this doesn't work, are we third and screwed? Because that hasn't worked out very well when you're in passing situations all the way, red zone or non-red zone, it's just that much more difficult. So in the reality, if you ranked the red zone threats, it goes Nick Folk, Derrick Henry, NWI. (laughs) And through five weeks, through five weeks, if you told Titans fans that, you'd say, well, you're probably two and three. Yeah, and and so look, Anthony says Tim Kelly is not a good coordinator. Watson Hopkins made him look good, just like Henry made Arthur Smith look good. Like I, I think that's way too crazy early. of a comment or an early for that because has Tim Kelly been an upgrade? Yeah, uh, he has dialed up some beautiful touchdowns, and they've missed the two against the Saints. Tannehill missed them. Brilliant play calls. The the reverse pass to D Hop from Tannehill. Just overthrew him. 
Diop said the Sun had him lose it. Brilliant play call. Uh, the the triple option touchdown to Tannehill. Brilliant play call. Also another touchdown that Derrick Henry was involved in that I missed out. So there's another one. Uh, and then you've got what? Uh, what am I missing? The the Tajay Spears uh, touchdown was a brilliant play call as well. So Tim Kelly has dialed up touchdowns. They've just missed on four of them. Yeah, you need there is a player's problem, right? I mean, I think that's what you're telling. What you just described is those are players not making the plays. Now, for different circumstances, but I think that if, if some butts, beers, and nuts, we could have a party. If Traylon Burks, Chigakonkwo, and Kyle Phillips can get involved, now these play calls and these opportunities, now you can. your goal is to, to score 23 points. That's what your goal is. If you can score 23 points, you hope that your defense doesn't have the lackluster performance that they did against the Colts in the run game, and they can be the Titans' defense that we know that they can be. You score 23 points, the Titans usually, I would say, would win. Yeah, uh, Anthony says, upgrade. How, same offense from last year, not putting up points, and no one cares about ifs. I, I get your point. Yeah, at the end of the day, the scoreboard results, is what you're judged right? on. Right, he's, he's yes. looking at the results. I, I get that, but, like, it's five games in the year. Like, the the – Kansas City Chiefs are not just scoring 30 points a game like we're used to seeing. Like at the end of the at the end of the season, the goal is to being in position to play your best football in December and January and not be bad enough early to cost yourself that opportunity. The Titans are flirting with being too bad early to cost themselves an opportunity, but it's it's about getting geared up for that for that December playoff push. They just have to stay within striking distance. And I think they've gotten better. I, I saw somebody uh, comment earlier that I thought the Titans, they thought the Titans offense played pretty well outside of that, you know, the red zone failures. If they can get these things figured out, then now they start to click. And now you start to see it fall into place late in the season after the bye, once you're trying to, uh, you know, go win the division. All right, let's go back to some jackpot bucks with yeah. amnesia. And Amnesia appreciates says, I love the show. I watch every morning. However, oh, there's a but. You're, you're pretty mm. but. Y'all were just saying how the Titans need to evolve into the passing league. Now you're upset that they're not using Henry enough. D-hop greater than Henry, question mark. How do you choose? Yeah, so great comment. I appreciate And Amnesia does watch the show every morning, and we know that. Uh, and thank you for the jackpot but. So let's dive into this here in a second and go expand on it. But first, let me tell you guys about our sponsor, Aura. Aura is fantastic. I've been using Aura since uh, mid-April when we when we partnered uh, with Aura, and they have saved me time uh, from answering spam calls or having to go through and delete junk emails for lists that I didn't subscribe to. Aura identifies data brokers who are profiting off of selling your information, and they opt you out of those data brokers on your behalf and or identified 30 data brokers that had my info and they got rid of my info from their uh, data brokers in just five or six days. So five or six days, my life became a lot easier. It's work. It's continued to work. They continue to look for more data brokers and I don't have to do anything. I just signed up with Aura. It took three minutes, five or six days later, no more data brokers. And we're going to give you a two week free trial with our link aura.com slash ATOZ. A two week free trial is fantastic for you guys get rid of that inconvenience on your phone, in your mailbox, in your email inbox as well. They've got parental controls for the home devices for the kids. If you're on the Wi-Fi, uh, they've got password manager and protector as well. Great services with Aura. 
Download the app, but use our link for a two-week free trial, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. You can see that at the bottom of your screen. Use the bonus code A-T-O-Z Sports. They are the king of the sports book. If you go to your Apple or Android app store, you can download the BetMGM app and get in on the action. Had some entertaining baseball yesterday, along with Monday Night Football as the Raiders held off uh, the Packers, who are in a little bit of disarray with uh, Jordan Love. But baseball, it's on, and it is good. The Bravos came back and won in a stellar fashion. Download the BetMGM app today. All right, so let's go ahead and show uh, Amnesia's comment again and dive into this a little bit deeper uh, here on the show. Amnesia's got his uh, big jackpot box. Love the show, watch every morning. However, y'all were just saying the Titans need to evolve into a passing league. Now you're upset they're not using Henry enough. D-Hop, Henry, how do you choose? So I think it's an interesting uh, comment here, Zach. I want to let you start first because this has been the internal conflict the Titans have been going through for the last, you know, three-plus years. Yeah, it is, and so let's look at the statistics. Through five games, I think this is pretty telling. This is touchdowns only. The red zone percentage for the Tennessee Titans ranks 29th in the league at 35.29%. That's really, really bad. Compared to last year, 64% touchdown percentage within the red zone. So you've got a problem through five games of not scoring Touchdowns, you're scoring points because you're getting three points because of Nick Folk. But I'm not upset that they're not using Henry enough. I think that the struggle with this offense, which we know is the case, is that Derrick Henry is a, a pro and a con. The pro is what he can do in running through defenders, breaking big plays, making first downs, and getting to the end zone. We've seen that. But don't you think, Austin, Derrick Henry also probably holds back your play calling. You sat there and you told us all of the plays that had to do with Derrick Henry in play action, whether they're handing the ball off or they're faking that they're handing the ball off. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry is the focal point. I believe that for this offense, the Tennessee Titans franchise to expand its horizons and change, It's going to have to revolve an offense that doesn't involve Derrick Henry. That's not the case right now. So you have to lean into what you have. And Derrick Henry is the centerpiece. He's the pillar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jay says you can't evolve with trash at quarterback amnesia. And I I know Ryan Tannehill is going to be an easy thing to poke at. But, like, you can't really do anything when the offensive line is getting everybody hit behind the line of scrimmage. And one positive from the Colts game is the Titans only allowed one sack all game. And it was in the last minute of the game when the Titans had no timeouts and 75 yards to go and no other choice, but to go empty and Tannehill got sacked once. And so Titans Fox says evolve uh, into the passing league. Evolution takes time. It does. And it takes, but you're not going to evolve until Derrick Henry's not on the roster guys. Fully evolve. I think we're starting to see the transition of evolving. Oh, I, the transition was when they drafted Tajay Spears. We, oh, and it's not. D- it's the it's the implementation of Tajay Spears. I mentioned earlier in the show, Diop is on pace for having a uh, twelve hundred plus yard receiving season. 
Then you've got Derrick Henry, who's only on pace through five games to have a 1100 yard season. That's a lot less than Derrick Henry is used to having in a full season of play. Tajay Spears is on pace to have over 500 rushing yards. There, I don't know the last time that Derrick Henry's been the starter for the entire season without injury, where his backup has had north of 500 yards rushing. I don't know if it's ever happened since he's taken the full reins. Like DeMarco Murray and him split time, but DeMarco was the starter in air quotes and Henry was the backup. So that's where you're starting to see the transition. Uh, the, the snaps, the difference in the snaps are a lot closer to 50-50 between Derek and Tajay than people want to really believe. It's starting the evolution. The problem is they're finding themselves in situations where they don't know how to how to really profit off of it. They don't know how to capitalize in certain spots and it's making them kick field goals. Well, they, they'll be successful when they have the lead where they can choose who they need. The problem, Derrick Henry has pros and has cons. It's just like anything in life. But the con about Derrick Henry, and this is kind of what's being realized, is when they're behind, Derrick Henry is not going to be on the field. Tajay Spears is. Tajay Spears is going to get more playing time when the Titans play from behind. And if you play enough football, you're going to play from behind. And when you don't score touchdowns, you're really going to play from behind. Yeah, and I think that the the Colts game was kind of how the Titans want to play. Like, would, would they rather win by three touchdowns? Sure, of course. But the script of the game, they were never really out of it. No, until... it was just uncharacteristic that the run defense was as bad as it yeah, was. Yeah, and the Titans offense got stuffed on fourth and one with a bad play call and a bad formation. Uh, Andre with some more super chat says, I found two Texans blogs that explain the issues we're seeing offensively with Tim Kelly. Big red blog and SB Nation, Tim Kelly. They hated him for it. And then Andre continues, he couldn't formulate a run game, failed to properly use play action and fell behind before calling good plays and ran a system they didn't have players for. And I think there's a, I, I get that's, you know, that's probably valid, uh, you know, criticism of Tim Kelly when he was with the Texans, but the quarterback was Deshaun Watson and then he had DeAndre Hopkins and the running backs were who? David, well, I guess they traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, but the running backs pre-trade were who? I mean, it wasn't exactly like the 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 Texans were running the football 30 times a game like no, the Titans were do it. Yeah, so um, I think there's a little bit of a difference there in what they're trying to do, but it's they have it's so important for the Titans to stay in a good spot with the chains because the offensive line can't afford not to. I think that's the core of the problem. The offensive line, while it played better in pass protection against Indy, there's still a liability because you can't be in third and seven or longer, especially in the red zone. So we'll get to Christian Fulton and, uh, you know, because I do the show Monday and Tuesday. I don't really get it to expand on like uh, the broader picture. It's usually singular and reactionary, yeah. which is fine. I enjoy that. But Austin, you take a step back and and A to Z, I saw uh, you know, one of our graphic designers put together an AFC South divisional picture. Mm-hmm. And this division, three and two, three and two, two and three, two and three. It's not the top heavy, it's not the division that I think we saw at this stage, or what we assumed what would be this stage, is the Jags would be one, the Titans would be right behind the Jags. 
and then the Colts and the Texans would be dealing with whatever they're figuring out about their quarterbacks. The Colts, we obviously know that Anthony Richards is not going to be back, you know, in the next several weeks because of that AC joint. CJ Stroud and the Texans, I had money on the money line for the Atlanta Falcons this past weekend. Mm. That was a, a pick. Now, that came down to the wire and it came down to a last second field goal. But I'm impressed by the Texans and CJ Stroud. They're still dealing with the rookie quarterback, and you can see that at times when you they get into third and nine and the drive's basically done. But the Texans are no joke. The Texans are not, you know, the easy out, and they weren't even the easy out years ago because the Titans ended up losing to them randomly when they shouldn't be. But this division, Austin, is not what I think we would have perceived it to be through five weeks. And that's not Agreed. good for the Titans. No, because the Titans are are sandwiched in the middle. Like, the Titans are probably what we expected or a little bit worse. The Jags are a little bit worse, but the Texans and the Colts are a lot better than expected because they had terrible expectations. And honestly, I think the Colts are going to win some more games because Gardner Minshew is going to play for the next month. Yeah. Uh, and so, real quick, uh, Paul says, play action doesn't work if no one believes you will run. Everybody believes the Titans are going to run, and play action has been working. Like play action has been phenomenally effective for the Titans through five games. They just have been in spots where they can't use it, whether it's because of penalties on first and ten that put you in first and twenty, or you're getting and throwing an incomplete pass on first and ten that gets you in second and ten and now third and seven. It's just their 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 margin of error is so thin. And I want to say this because Chig got some, you know, Mike Vrabel was very honest and critical of Chig. Uh, in the press conference yesterday. And I'll say this about Chig. He had a, he had a offensive pass interference in one of those red zone drives that ended in a field goal. And that was not Chig's fault. That was just bad luck because the play was a swing, a swing screen to Derek Henry because of the immediate rush. Tannehill had to double pump it, threw it to Henry late and Chig's job is to block downfield but because of the double pump from Tannehill, he was already making contact with his guy before Henry caught the pass. So that's Chig was doing his job. It was just an unfortunate situation and stuff like that happens and you hate it. Well, he had two. Cause Aaron he also Brewer pushed had off. Well, yeah, that was a ticky tack. That was, and that was a, that was a third down. And it, even, it, no, I mean, he pushed but, off that, that was the right call. Well, I, I mean, Adam Archuleta, who is a safety, was like, ah, I don't know about that. That's two football players, you know, meeting in one spot. Like, if you go back and look at that, the he Colts linebacker. Arms. I disagreed Col- with that. But the Colts Archuleta. linebacker initiated. Adam Archuleta doesn't mean that he's the, the, the I'm, smartest I'm, guy in the room. No, so I'm just saying that he should be biased towards the Colts defender. <laughs> and he wasn't. I, I, again, and that was on third down. The pass was incomplete anyway. It was going to be a replay of third down. And so the Colts declined it. So that didn't even like necessarily count, but the one on the swing was not Chig's fault. That's my point. Tim Kelly is the key to Chig's success within this offense, because let's go back to the Johnu Smith stuff years ago. Arthur Smith did a really good job of putting Johnu Smith in situations that he, whether they're screen passes, right? He put them in, in, in Johnny Smith in situations that he could thrive, use his speed, use his open field ability. 
Tim Kelly really has got to focus on that with Chig and find Chig's sweet spot. And it just hasn't materialized through five weeks this year. You hope that it does in the next several weeks. Well, And it didn't through the first five or six weeks of last season either. And then all of a sudden it started to. Um, and so we'll kind of see, you know, how this continues to develop uh, moving forward. But um, Zach, let's go ahead and switch gears to Christian Fulton because Mike Vrabel doubled down on Christian Fulton's issues on Monday uh, to what he said in post game. So we're going to get to those comments from the Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel. But first, the Bone and Joint Institute, they can help you out whenever an injury occurs in life. It's always a major inconvenience. If you get hurt, whatever, you know, if it's at work, if it's, you know, just being in life and injuries occur, you got to deal with it because the longer you don't deal with it, let it linger, the more of an inconvenience it becomes. And the Bone and Joint Institute wants you to know that they can help you out. They can take care of you. Whatever that injury is, they've got the specialist for it right there in Franklin. Boneandjointtn.org is the website. Hopefully you don't need surgery, but if you need testing, if you need some ways to learn how to rehab it at home, they can help you out with that. They've done it with me, with my shoulder, with my foot with knees in the past, anything, the Bone and Joint Institute is there for you and making it convenient, boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. They're hooking you up with great deals, including up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. That is for new users. If you are a new user and you download the app, use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. All right, so Mike Vrabel uh, doubled down on Christian Fulton. And so we're going to play the whole clip on this. I think this is a very interesting because Tron Davenport asking the head coach how much of these issues are correctable, and uh, Vrabel takes it from there. Are those things that are easily correctable? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. They better be correctable uh, quickly. Um, would hope that we wouldn't be having these conversations about – putting our eyes in the backfield and, you know, grabbing guys down the field and when we're in phase. I think those are just things that we have to be able to, you know, understand you're in phase. There's no reason to, to grab a guy. And, and When you have a guy like that that has ability but you're not getting the results, like how do you go about managing him and getting to coach to those results? Well, I mean, I think at some point in time, this is professional sports. And we're, we're going to coach them, coach every single one of them, Christian included. Uh, but we also have a job to do, and, and we have to to go out and do it. And one week doesn't mean anything, and one game doesn't mean, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate, but then we have to, we have to keep moving on, and we have, to, we have to improve and figure out, um, you know, is it that we're trying to make some plays? And, I mean, if you're in match coverage, really, I would, the whole goal is that we don't let our man catch the ball, not that we're we're trying to make interceptions in match coverage because then you start looking for the football, you start looking in the backfield, and then you know they uncover or they make another move. So you know, there's opportunities when we can try to get an interception, and, and in man coverage, that's not one of them. What's your comfort level with the young guys that are behind them, though? I mean, you feel comfortable if you uh, throw them out there? They can sure. Play well? I mean, I, yeah, that's why everybody's here, you know, and that that's something that could happen, and you know, we'll see where, where things go here at the rest of the day and our meetings and, you know, as we, we work towards Baltimore. Zach, there's a lot there from Vrabel about Christian Fulton. I'll let you go first before I can kind of, you know, speak my thoughts. 
Well, the first part, the funniest part is, well, I wish we weren't in this situation, right? I wish we weren't having these conversations. Right? I wish we this wasn't even a topic, but it is. And my opinion, I think Vrabel's getting fed up with Christian Fulton. I don't think he likes the way that he's played. I think that he has coached and told Christian Fulton that he needs to improve and rely on his technique more than his instinct. And when you get out there on the field, he's not doing it. And I think Frabel is a short fuse guy. We know that. I mean, he gets pissed real easily. And I think he's at that point. And I'll stand by my statement. I think Christian Fulton will start on Sunday morning, whatever time you're watching the game in London. But... I think he's on a short leash because I think Vrabel is sick and tired. And it's unfortunate sick that he is. And tired. Yes. Yeah, he's both. And I think this would be understandable maybe. I don't know. He's the number one corner, Austin. Christian Fulton is CB1. It's a problem. And he's you're going to rely on your depth. We've seen this before. You got really good wide receivers on the horizon that you're going to have to face because the Colts don't have that great of a receiving core. The Titans made them look really, really good. Yeah. <clears throat> and look, Jaron says, nah, Sean Murphy bunting is CB1. Well, the, the Titans technically don't have, they have right cornerback and left cornerback. Christian Fulton is right cornerback and Sean Murphy bunting is left cornerback. They don't travel across the field with different receivers. They play sides. And yeah, Christian Fulton is the starting right cornerback and has been bad uh, objectively through five games, even though he doesn't think he is, you know, he's got people defending him on Twitter with the same last name saying he's one of 11, but you know, the, the one of 11 is making a lot of plays that are ending up uh, in big results for the opposing team. Zach, I'm going to play a, a shorter version of what Mike Vrabel said, and that this tells you everything that I needed to hear from Mike Vrabel about this situation with Fulton. Have a guy like that that has ability, but you're not getting the results. Like, how do you go about managing him and getting to coach to those results? Well, I mean, I think at some point in time, this is professional sports, and we're, we're going to coach him, coach every single one of them, Christian included. Uh, but we also have a job to do, and, and we have to. That's it. This is professional sports. We're going to coach them, everybody. But we got a job to do, and that job is to win. And at some point, I can't win, right? Like, I want winners. Go back to one of your favorite things, right, Zach? I want winners. Mike Singletary and Mike Vrabel probably agree with that, is Christian Fulton is not playing winning football right now. He's playing selfish football. And I, I said it yesterday. And I agree, and I'm going to double down on my take, just like Vrabel doubled down on what he said. Christian Fulton is playing for interceptions. And he's playing to make a big play because he's in a contract year, and it's backfiring. He's not playing the position. He's not doing his job. And he's going to lose his job. I think he should lose. I don't think he should start against the Ravens. I, I, don't, I think there's, it's been enough. I, I don't think there's any reason to have him start against the Baltimore Ravens. And Mike Vrabel tells me that no. And, and he, Sam asked a fantastic question to Vrabel uh, yesterday too. We don't have the audio, the video, but Sam asked, you know, what do you want to see from players when it comes to accountability after a loss like that? 
And Vrabel said, be accountable, no excuses, and, you know, say what you need to say, but no excuses. And, you know, Christian Fulton made a bunch of excuses. Fulton blamed the refs. Hard to play against the refs and the wide receivers. I don't think Christian Fulton's got a long leash at all. Yeah, he said that. You know, we no, got. I, we, I know. I, I thought you jogged my memory of how kind of crazy that. Yeah, I mean, is. look at look at this quote from Christian Fulton. I feel like I was very technically sound today. Besides one play, the one where eleven where he caught it, that was on me, I guess. But for the most part, I think I was technically sound. Uh, it's hard to play against the refs and the receivers. Like, I get it. Refs absolutely make bad plays and bad calls all the time. But this is not just a one game in a vacuum where Christian Fulton got a rough call on a pass interference. This is the fourth time this season that Christian Fulton can say, yeah, man, it's hard to play against the refs. You have to adapt. And he's not adapting. And he's not getting any better. And he's also not, clearly, he's not acknowledging that he's not playing well. Like If people don't acknowledge something, then they're not going to fix it. Because they don't think it's broken. And Christian Fulton doesn't think it's broken. He thinks he's get, he thinks he's the refs are out to get him. Well, and they, they play the Ravens this week. And I don't know the status of the injury report of the Ravens wide receivers yet. I guess we'll find that out. But I do know they, they got quick twitch wide receivers that can beat you. Yeah. Double moves, right? Christian and, Fulton, Christian Fulton and, also and they, said. And those are double move touchdowns. <laughs> They're Christian fast. Fulton also said, if you're on everything, I mean, if you're covering everything, then the double moves is the only way to beat you. Dude, you're getting beat double move or not. It's not like it's, I just don't think he's truly acknowledging his play. And that's dangerous. Like he's in denial. I do think it's tough to admit your faults in front of, you know, cameras. people, cameras, reporters, but th- he's not a rookie, too. No. And I-, I asked you yesterday what you would have said, right? There are ways to just be accountable, and I've got to get better and work harder and prevent those from happening. And I heard I Buck say that I, this week. I heard Buck say on primetime this week that, you know, he was a part of the uh, Fulton scrum there after the game. Fulton was getting dressed, you know, sitting down at the locker and could feel everybody behind him waiting. He turns around, stands up, kind of smiles because he knows what's happening and says, all right, let's go. You know, it's everybody, you know what you're going to get into. And he had plenty of time to sit there and think about how he was going to answer things because he knew that there was a group of reporters standing behind him and he chose to live in denial. I just don't Uh, think it, it doesn't make any sense. All right. Does he start Sunday? Yes or no? I mean, I, you know, I would not, but I do think they're going to start him. Yeah, he's starting Sunday. I don't think they're going to pull him yet. I think the leash is very short. It's like those kids running around in the mall where their parents got a leash on them, t- which I don't understand. Is so it they're around tight. Rabel, is it around tight. You, you can't be wandering over. There are people walking in the mall. It, it, it's it, That's one of those. I just don't think. <laughs> I don't think starting him is going to make it better. I think I, if you want to fix it, because I, I said this last week. I think Vrabel, I, I, real quick, I think Vrabel wants to make it to the bye week. So if he can get the most out of Christian Fulton in one game, you make it to the bye week, and you hopefully you can reset, you can focus, 
You can get him some some air to breathe, and you can stop yanking on his leash in the mall. Mm. Yeah, bench him for who is what uh, Eric asks. Well, but Vrabel Trey, hasn't he pulled any punches? He's been very honest about his frustrations with Christian Fulton. I I think when when Vrabel said, you know, this is professional sports, we all have a job to do, and you know, it's you can't like this is not high school. Like you know what you know what this reminded me of? They got to take Allen out. Allen's getting beat. <laughs> they got to take Allen out. He's blowing the game. I mean, come on. And Allen's mom and dad are a few rows up in the stands. It's exactly just... the same thing. The same thing. No, they're not saying the same Allen's thing. Allen's dad but... is screaming on Twitter saying, you can't take him out. And the little girl sitting there like, he can't cover anything. You got to take Allen out. Ryan Gosling, Christian Fulton, Spider-Man meme on the football field. I mean, this is exactly what this is. <laughs> we'll find out on Sunday. Bright and early. Oh, and man. All right, let's throw some shade here on this show. But real quick, Krebs Kubota is where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. Uh, check them out online, KrebsKubota.com. They are an elite Kubota dealer with three locations in the mid-state. Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro. They've got the best equipment, the best warranties, and the best customer service to make sure whatever project you have around your house, big or small, need a new trimmer, need a new mower, zero-turn mower, utility vehicles, uh, compact tractors, big tractors, excavators. Krebs Kubota's got it all right there. Once again, three great locations, an elite Kubota dealer, Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro, Krebs Kubota. Dot com. Zach, let's throw some shit. And also thanks to Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process uh, by seeing them in Lebanon or online at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Shade to be thrown. If you want to throw shade at Christian Fulton, you can. But I feel like we have discussed that at length. Uh, so, uh, Zach, do you have shade or see some shade there? In the I chat? do have shade and my shade's pretty specific. So this, I've been tracking this for a few days and I was excited and then I was not excited. Hmm. So, uh, and I'll tell you the backstory. Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. Do you know that he created a watch company called Brick Watch? I've this was, heard, yeah. yeah, this was like, I don't know, a year ago, six months ago. I can't even remember. Didn't get a lot of great feedback. And Portnoy had come back and says, hey, we're not doing very well. We're not making a lot of money. The watches are about $2,500, okay? And I remember when it came out, I looked at the watches. I don't mind looking at watches. And nothing really caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And then, and if you know Barstool, there's this guy called Mincy who is a little weird, but he's an old Miss guy. And he has gotten with Lane Kiffin and Brick Watch to do an NIL deal. And so I was like, man, this is smart. Okay. You got Barstool's brand. They're going to help Ole Miss. I went to Ole Miss five and one Lane Kiffin. I mean, there's some things that kind of make sense. Right. And I'm like, man, I wonder how they're going to put this together. And I even texted my college uh, group chat and I was like, look, if they come up with a cool watch, I'll buy it. You know, I'll pay whatever, 2,500 bucks, whatever. And so I was thinking that they were going to reveal like a, an exclusive like Ole Miss, maybe a, a a baby blue face watch or whatever. And I, I've got this, you know, Portnoy's got this video out there. And they're saying that every, and here's the deal. 
usually they're $2,500. They're lowering the prices. And this, I'm a marketing guy, as you know, I think of mm -hmm. sales. How do you sell somebody? How do you sell somebody individual? But how do you sell the masses? So I'm thinking that they're going to come up with this badass exclusive Ole Miss watch. They're going to sell it for a certain price. And then the NIL, you know, money's going to go to it. Instead, this thing was pieced together in 24 hours. And I was very disappointed. All they did was say, instead of $2,500, we're going to sell the watches that we're already selling for $2,000. And half of the money is going to go to Old Miss, the Grove Collective, which is an NIL deal. You could have made this so much better and actually like built it up and said, we're going to have an exclusive Old Miss watch that yeah. is a discounted price. And it doesn't have to have the licensing of Old Miss. I understand you're going to get into... Uh, different things that but if you want to use the grove collectives logo which has the tree which is like the grove that represents mm -hmm. the grove you could have put that bad boy on there and made it cool and made an exclusive watch and priced it for two thousand dollars and done the same thing but instead they just put like a promo code it's not even a promo code they just slashed the prices and so i just think that you could sell a little bit more and a little better with what it represents for NIL. If you're having a sale, sell away. Have the sale. I don't care. Like that's that happens on the internet all the time. We're about to run a sale. But when you're going to build something up that is going to go to a university and collaborate, I just needed a little bit more than instead of 2500 bucks, they're going to be 2000. It's the same merchandise. And half of the profit's going to go to the to Old Miss. Uh, man, missed opportunity there. That's my shit. Yeah. Uh, Does that make sense? Right. <clears throat> to to just do the same watch? No, I mean it, it is a missed opportunity. But you know, I don't. Who does does Ole Miss have a couple potential losses coming up on the schedule that they want to take advantage of the buzz? Uh, well, so they they just beat Arkansas. And right. they just beat just LSU. Just beat LSU, right? So I was saying, like, what's next, right? If How long is it going to take to do something special? And are they going to miss a wave of positivity where if they lose to – I don't know who they've got coming out. That's why I asked. You know, if they lose to somebody that, you know, then that drops off their – They're going they, into the bye week this week. And then, I mean, they've got A&M on the horizon and they've got at Georgia on the horizon. Okay, so but they should have done it. This was, yeah, bad time, this bad was time. just like, man, should we just turn the light on? And tell people about it. And it needs to be like, we've got this unbelievable room. It's got disco lights. It's got great atmosphere. We're serving drinks over here. There's going to be a party atmosphere. And the light is going to go on on Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And, and like build some hype around it. And, and they had time to do it. That makes it because the bye week. They had plenty of time to do that. Uh, correctly. All right. Throwing shade. I'm going to go to some shade here. Um, let's see. Jeff says uh, shade on the Fox slash the big 12, the two premier games in the league. And they're both at noon uh, Penn state, Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan. It hurts the stadium atmosphere and recruiting opportunities. Look, I mean, they're all, they're trying to get TV ratings. They're not trying to get recruits <laughs> to go to Ohio state. Uh, let's see. Ethan throws shade on Morgan Wallen concert ticket. I'll, Ethan, I'll shake your hand right there. I agree. Uh, I, I would love to know how much you bought your tickets for because I, or how much you didn't buy tickets for because it was too much. I, I got, we got pre-sale. I slept on it. That's that, that was the decision of like, is, 
three hours worth of my time worth that amount of money and i had to sleep on it and then i woke up and i said f it and i did it but making decisions about morgan wallen should be slept on first you go look at those prices you'll understand why like it doesn't make any sense how the tickets are that price that way it's a stadium Austin, I did a little math. This will mind blow. If you averaged out, I spent more money than $300 per ticket. I'll go ahead and tell you. Mm -hmm. If you averaged the price of $300 per ticket, and it's a 60,000 seat stadium, Mm -hmm. that's $18 million per show. On the low end. He's doing three shows in a row. No, I look, look, capitalism, like, go make the money. Yeah, it's I mean, but he's not blowing. getting all like there's cost. No, no, there's there's yeah. there's overhead, but in three nights, again, I don't do math on air, but in three nights, you're talking about fifty-four million dollars. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh Gabriel uh downer shade, unfortunately. Gabriel says my shade lost my grandparent last Saturday. Now I have more family living. Uh, no more family living in Tennessee. Uh, unfortunate. Sorry to hear that. And thinking of uh, you and Thank your you, family there. Gabriel. Uh, Matt saying shade on Vrabel for not benching Fulton and Dillard, but he's still my coach. And Andre says shade on Vrabel's friends and family plan of piss poor coaches. Uh, Jason says shade on the people that don't pass in the passing league. Um, Demetri says shade lane, on passing lane. Oh, my oh fair i was thinking passing league both yes demetrius says shade on him himself for hyping up the new drake album he's one of the worst albums he's ever made he needs to retire <laughs> uh let's see more shade coming through here um bork says shade on baseball fans complaining five days off rest is too much and is bad for the team yeah i mean it's a rhythm sport uh eric says shade on mike grable for not holding himself accountable um let's see more shades coming through i did see jeff says second shade on him getting COVID again yeah who's getting COVID these days jeff come on man um and then uh my shade (laughs) my shade is on vehicle manufacturers who put the gas cap on the passenger side there are no vehicle manufacturers they're on strike (laughs) that's i know but just in general like i get it's you know I don't know why. I mean, I understand that in America we're on one side and most what other sides people... that. So you're saying what side do you think it should be on? It should be on the driver's side. I agree with that. What do you think it's the European thing? I, I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, it's got, but it's not I I know of several makes that are not European that are built in the United States of America and they have the gas gap on the passenger side. I'm just I'm just not. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. You should be able to adjust that. You know that, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's you- like, it's, if a car is made for the United States and it's got the driver's side on the left, then the gas cap should be able to go also on the left. Like if you're making that, I, I get, if you're producing a vehicle for Europe or anybody most anywhere else, cars are like, it's where they're made or it's not necessarily where they're made. It's, where the parts were produced. Yeah, I, I understand that. But like you're already making the vehicle with the driver's side on the left. So you're already making that adjustment. So why is the gas cat not follow it? It uh, this I was I was a younger gentleman back in the day when I learned that 
there is an arrow that tells oh, you yeah, which on side. The, yeah, on the uh, dial. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I know that. It's just, you know. So if there, But if there's an arrow, it doesn't matter, does it? Well, it's about having multiple cars and them being different and having to, you know, well, you remember. Can like this or like that. I know, but then you got to like, you got to, ah, crap, it's on that one. You You're not having around. to pull the gas thing over the no, car. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not pulling it over the car. Like it, one, the, the hose <laughs> isn't long enough, but it's also like now everybody's is different. And so it's not uniform. So when you're at a big gas station and there's like six rows of pumps, you've got people going different directions and backing in and going through on different sides of the car. And Here's I'm like, this is ridiculous. I got a solution for you. Electric, go, go to go to Bucky's. You can have whatever where, wherever you want. You got fifty to one hundred and fifty gas opportunities to go left or right. No, I mean like Eric says shade on Austin for not knowing where the gas cap. Is. I know where it is. My shade is on it being on the wrong side. It's unnecessary. Just That's got my all shade. Busey's. Got a Busey's. Get you get your barbecue sandwich. It's a Busey to, nuggets. I've yet to do that. Uh, all right. Hey, that'll wrap up today's Tuesday show. Uh, Buck Rising live tonight, A to Z Sports Primetime. Uh, by the way, make sure you hit, like the show on the way on the way out. Hit that thumbs up button on Facebook and on YouTube. Give us a like. That goes a long way for us. And subscribe to the channel. Tons of content uh, coming throughout the rest of the week as the Titans pack up for London. Buck will be in London. We'll have coverage coming from there. Uh, more plans on that later in the week. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow morning on a Wednesday. Appreciate it as always. Adios.